Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? It's going great. It's going really, really well. What a fun show uh, we had here. Not only are we talking about WWE releases um, and we do the mailbag, the AEW stuff, but my Christmas present to Denise finally arrived at the start of February and there's an unboxing for it and everything. So look forward to that. It's a very visual thing. I'm sure it'll be great on podcast. Here is the show. According to herself, is having an absolute disaster of a day. It's Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? I am having a disaster of a day. So, like, not like a terrible disaster, but I was just telling, I was just telling Luke, like, off the air, that I basically got my hairbrush stuck inside my hair, and so Luke, like, I have this giant knot of hair behind me, and now it's getting tangled with my choker, my jacket, <laughs> and somehow the earphones are hanging off. So this has not been like my last like 20 minutes have not been that great. I mean, obviously, I don't have that issue uh, anymore. But uh, back in the day when I used to have like long hair, I used to like I used to get knots. in. It. I didn't actually get many knots in my hair when I used to have it really, really? long. Oh, my hair was like really soft hair. It was very soft. It was so straight as well. Like I looked like one of the members of Hanson. Like it was just <laughs> so... <laughs> It was like when I was at school, I used to have a lot of the girls at school be like, I'm so jealous of your hair. Like, it's just, it's so soft and it's so straight. I didn't have to do anything with it. It literally just fell down. I hated it though, because I wanted like some volume to it. Wow. I'm really a little bit irritated with you right now, Liz. <laughs> you had flawless, beautiful hair. And I'll tell you that today, like I took a shower and I, I don't know, I got the bright idea of cutting my hair in the shower. I did that. <laughs> And I came out and my grandma was like, Denise, your hair is crooked. 
<laughs> so I kind of tried to fix it a little bit. You can't really, I don't know how much you can tell. You can't I mean, really tell that tell. much right now, but it was, it's what it's, it's a little bit off. Like if you it up close and personal. <laughs> well, thankfully, as we're just across video screens, I didn't notice. So I think you've got yeah. away with it thus far. So well done you. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, as a bit of housekeeping as well, before we kick off, uh, you'll see at the bottom there, it says, please watch over on WrestleTalk podcast. We will be moving over to the WrestleTalk podcast channel in three or actually less than two weeks now, just over two weeks after Elimination Chamber. That will be our new home. So uh, this is just going to be on WrestleTalk for today, um, but in two weeks time. So go over there, do subscribe to that channel so you can get this podcast when it gets released in a couple of weeks time. So thank you very, very much. Right. Let's dive into this big bit of news. So. On February 2nd, although apparently it happened earlier in January, WWE announced they'd released Lars Sullivan, which I would say was probably not to the shock of many people, and I think probably to the delight of a few people, because he wasn't a particularly well-liked person. Um, clearly, he is someone who is suffering from a lot of um, uh, mental... Um, I, don't want, I don't want to use the word issues... But he has he himself is suffering very bad from anxiety. Uh, he had a panic attack before he was supposed to debut. He was supposed to go into this program with John Cena into WrestleMania. He had a panic attack over it and then couldn't be on TV. The reason he got released this time reportedly is because he no show TV again. And there was, uh, you know, outside of that, there was a ton of heat on him for uh, comments that he'd made on a bodybuilding blog um, many, many moons ago. Um, which, you know, he did apologize for, but I think the damage had pretty much been done by that point. And that was not helped by the fact that once he'd made those comments, then returned to TV, he was then uh, reportedly sending um, uh, harassing messages on Instagram to uh, a yoga instructor. And of course, there was his film history as well. So there was like a ton of heat on him. But apparently Vince really wanted to push him. And the, the, the segment that he did where he was interviewed shirtless backstage with Michael Cole was apparently like a rib. Like it was basically they were trying to sabotage him. Like they were trying to like make him look stupid. But if like, I think it was Sean that said if it was a test, he passed because he just did it. And like, you know, it, he didn't make any bones about it. It's, you know, see, this this situation has been complicated. And it's just because at the end of the day, you can't celebrate necessarily someone losing their job, right? Like that just makes you an awful person to do that. But I'm not so I'm also not going to act like I was the biggest Lars Sullivan fan because I wasn't. I didn't like what he was doing since his return on SmackDown. I wasn't a fan of it. The shirt promo, the freak, the this. I didn't care for it at all. Like he really had go away heat with me. And I think that he had it with a lot of people because it, it's just a complicated situation because I know that Sean did a report on Fightful Select that obviously, you know, he had made amends and had apologized to people and was very apologetic. And I think he even said that he didn't necessarily, he wasn't necessarily being bullied about it or treated differently about it. And so it's kind of like, all right, you made the amends. He got fined the $100,000. He went to sensitivity training and it's like, well, what else can a person do? Right. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it wasn't resonating with me. Uh, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So that's why, like, I can say this is that, like, even though I knew all that stuff, I had zero interest in seeing him 
you know, in the ring competing and all of that stuff. And I don't know if that's like a terrible thing to say or not, but that's just the way that I felt. And I don't think that I met, I came across very many people that were like, woo, Lars Sullivan. And it is unfortunate. He lost his job. He lost his dad, all of that. That is very unfortunate, but it's just one of those things where I think that unfortunately he, his, he became tainted. And he wasn't necessarily worth it anymore. Like, I can't think of a reason why he should have a spot over somebody else that has more of a, I don't know, clean record, if that's what you're going to call it. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's actually, it's not completely comparable or comparable, depending on how you want to say the word. Um, but the Sammy Guevara situation in AEW, like when Speaking Out was really kicking off last year um, and you know, really coming to the forefront as, as it should have done. Sammy came under fire for some comments that he made on a podcast, you know, a few years ago, whatever it was about Sasha Banks, like really awful comments that he'd made. And he immediately came out was like, I'm very sorry. And they took him off TV. They took him away to sensitivity training and he was, un, you know, not paid by AEW. And then he came back. But with Sammy, there was a look, I think it was because, you know, we were like Sammy as a wrestler. I think there was a lot of people that were just like, I'm glad that he's made his amends. He's clearly looking to try and better himself as a person. And I think with Lars, it was like, I think you could see that he was trying to better himself as a person. He was very open to say that what he had said was very idiotic and he was very apologetic for it. But also I wasn't the big, I was never the biggest Lars Sullivan fan. So like, I was like, I'm glad that he's made the amends. I'm, I'm glad that he's trying to better himself as a person. But at the same time, I don't really want to see him wrestle because I'm not really a fan of, of that big guy 80s style. It, like it wasn't, it didn't resonate with me, as you say. Yeah, he wasn't coming across as likable. And here's the thing, too, is that I feel that, you know, and I was just having this conversation like two days ago, and I was talking about cancel culture and how, like, I feel sometimes people get punished for the exact same thing. Like, th what I'm trying to say is there's different levels to this. In terms of Sammy, he said something that was really, really dumb, and you can't defend what he said, right? But I don't think that's comparable to the years and years of Lars Sullivan essentially posting these stuff up, you know, on that website. And I mean, this is years and this wasn't just one comment. I mean, he attacked everybody. It was like, I think it was, uh, they said it was not just racism. It was sexism. It was a, a homophobic remarks. I mean, pretty much the worst of the worst that you can think of all piled into one. And then, yeah, with the, you know, adult movies that came out, it's not, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the, you know, obviously he gets backlash on that too, but it was just more of the irony where he comes out, you know, against, you know, he's being homophobic and then comes out in these videos. So obviously people are going to be like, dude, what the heck? So that was, you know, all, it's just a very controversial thing. And I feel like he just had too much baggage where you couldn't let that go versus Sammy. It was one comment that he made years ago and it was bad. I get it, but it was different though. And I just think that there's always different levels to this. And it is like the second that this happened, my brain automatically went to Velveteen Dream. I was like, what on earth is Velveteen Dream still doing there? Because that to me, like what he has been accused of is a whole lot worse than saying something in my opinion. Um, but, you know, different situations. And after, you know, doing this pot, I did the, the listen, your girl with Sean, he basically told me that it was more of, Hey, he was also dead. He didn't really want to be there anymore either. So it was kind of like, I think he knew his time was up. I think he knew he was no longer being, uh, you know, liked by the fans, the ship has sailed. And I think that maybe he might've came to that realization. And I almost also compare that to Jackson Riker. Like, uh, also same thing with him. Like, uh, 
he has like this go away. He as well, where people are just like, oh, we don't like you because of what you said, right? It's such a terrible time to say it and, you know, the politics and all that. But it's it's complicated because it's like, how much, like, what's the level? Like, what are the rules? Do you do X thing and you're out? Do you do X thing and you're still in? Like, what are the rules here? I don't know. It's a complicated situation. Exactly. And it's, I think it's going to be just a case, case by case basis, really, which is why, like, I think this, the Sammy situation is a very interesting one because, yeah, like, what Sammy said was idiotic. It really, really was. And it was so stupid. But he was also saying he was tr he was trying to he was saying it to try and be shocking. He was trying to be like a shock jock and be like, I'm going to say this comment. I don't I don't believe what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it because I think it will make someone laugh. Right. Like, And that's it. And then, you know, he's had to realize that that is not so you need to be joking about. That's not where like that's not how comedy works. And so but like with Lars, I think what Lars was doing was like was pure hatred. And exactly. And like, and I think for someone like a Jackson Riker, I think there is there is a level of hatred there as well. So like, that's where I think there is that, that different level. It, it does have to be judged on a case by case basis. But with Lars, as you say, like, and you know, as Sean was reported, I think like he was he kind of knew that his time was up, and so like he was kind of ready to be walking out the door. Which is, as as kind of to move on to our next one, is the opposite of Steve Cutler. So Steve Cutler like put out a tweet. He was released yesterday by WWE and he put out a tweet saying, unfortunately, today I was released. It was shocking to say the least, but I am excited about the future and all the possibilities in front of me. Thanks for your continued support. So apparently this is the report that's come out from this. It's because he got COVID. He got COVID in January and that got him heat with Vince McMahon. And there are people, this is, a, uh, I think it was, um, might be sure they reported this, that there are people who believed that's why he was released. Yeah. Because he got COVID and that got him heat with Vince. So yeah, he reported that on Fightful Select too. And I'm thinking yeah. like, this doesn't make sense to me, Luke. How does no. this make sense? He is not the first. He's not the second, not the third, not the fourth, not the fifth. Uh, probably not even the 10th, 20th person to get COVID in the company. And so to me, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how he got the COVID that I'm not like, not aware of. So I'm almost wondering if it's maybe of like a how he got it, because if it's going to be because of the COVID, then you should be mad at other people like the people that were doing the parties. I mean, mm -hmm. those people you should probably be upset at too. So me and Yim, me and Yim exactly. got that to, that to change their Rumble plans. Like it was just, it was reported just the other day that Tony Storm wasn't supposed to be in the Rumble. She was only in the Rumble because me and Yim got COVID and had to be taken off the show. Keith Lee was supposed to be in the Rumble as well, but because the pair of them have to self-isolate, he had to have her spot replaced for him as well. So you'd have thought like, if you're making plans change that much, that would also get massive heat on them. But apparently it hasn't and they're fine. But Cutler does. And because he's what a henchman for Baron Corbin, like that gets you mega heat now because you've ruined our Baron Corbin plans. Yes. And I, I feel bad for him because, you know, I was doing the story earlier today and I was, you know, reading the old tweets about when, you know, when uh, Riker basically posted his thankful for Donald Trump tweet. And then afterwards he posted his tweet basically saying like, yes, we're a tag team, but I have my own individual thoughts and opinions that they do not align with that. And so I just started thinking back at to how that one tweet sort of, you know, affected their careers and, you know, uh, and then, you know, being gone from television for et cetera amount of time, coming back, you're in such a, like a lame position. And then afterwards you end up getting COVID. And then the next thing you know, you're gone. Like that sucks. And so I almost feel though that 
this might be the bright side for him. And I think he might be seeing the bright side too of things because he posted right away on that tweet. Like, yes, I've been let go. Yes, I was surprised. But you know what? 90 days and counting and I'm excited for the future, whatever his wording was, right? And I'm thinking, all right, that's good. I could definitely see him doing something more if he were to go to Impact Wrestling. Obviously, he's with Deanna Perazzo. So that's obviously a uh, assumption that people can make that he'll end up in Impact Wrestling. And I think that would be a good place. And I think that if anything, he might even get more focus, more attention than he did, uh, you know, at WWE. But it just really sucks, though, like the the lack of not the lack of opportunity but just like everything that went down mm -hmm. really sucks i think for him yeah yeah he has got he had quite a, a tumultuous journey through wwe you know where there was like being split from blake and murphy and then like murphy being the one who goes off and gets the main roster push while cut last to stay down in nxt and then um yeah, like it, it's, uh, I mean, I was, that, that's Wesley Blake in that, but like, you know, Steve Cutler was kind of in that same position, you know, because like they, the Forgotten Sons were, as they were pushed back to the NXT and then taken off TV for ages. And then you're brought to the main roster and then Rikers things happens, so you got taken off TV and then you come back and then you get taken off TV again. Like it was, it, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, a lot of stop starts for, for poor old Steve Cutler. But what's kind of interesting in all of this is the PW Insider in their report on this noted, whether this is the beginning of a new series of releases remains to be seen, but there is fear among some in the company that cuts are coming in the wake of today's WWE earnings release. The earnings release where they announced record profits. So the there is this report, like when, usually when WWE release a couple of people, there's usually a sign that there are more to come. And whether they do it as like a big batch, like they did last year, or whether they do it, you know, uh, drip feed it. Do you think that we get into, we're getting some more releases coming soon? Well, the largest one was, I know that PW Insider reported that it had been done quietly last month. So that was kind of a bit. And then this one, you, you can estimate that maybe a month apart. So I don't mm -hmm. know if that's necessarily a sign of a batch of people coming. I think if it was like, Oh, they just dropped Lars Sullivan yesterday. Oh, and then Steve Cutler today. All right. Then in that case, I would start thinking that maybe they would be doing something like this. But I don't, I, I'm, I'm not until I actually see it. I, I, I don't know. Because it, it, yeah. it here's the thing, too, is that when, when Lars was released, I, I thought that it was a all completely a WWE decision. I thought it was just them, you know, cleaning out the you know, listening to the people and realizing that, hey, this guy ain't going to stick very well with people. That's what I thought. But I was completely wrong. And that was like my initial thought when I first read that he had been released. But I was wrong on that. And so had that happened, I think I would have thought more, more of like, hey, they are really going to re be releasing people. Yeah, I don't know if, if more are coming down the line. And like, as you say, because they are quite separate apart and they do feel like that's for two different reasons then i don't think we are heading to that period of time like maybe after mania which is where we saw it last year there may be like another bit of house cleaning to be done like i, I hate to use that term but that's what they call it like house cleaning but i i don't i don't know if there will be really you know who else i've been thinking about too a lot lately uh alistair black we didn't see him in the rumble we haven't seen him since the whole selena thing or maybe even before that we weren't seeing him right like before that we weren't even seeing him and yeah, i haven't seen him since he got drafted to smackdown like he had that like mini feud with kevin owens and then I, that was it i wouldn't be surprised like let's just say if they were gonna throw out somebody's name out there to be released i wouldn't be surprised to see alistair's name on there i don't think so but like the mm. fact that he didn't come out at the rumble sort of trips me out a little bit. 
Yeah, and apparently, like, I was re- I was reading this morning that like Buddy Murphy uh, is like showing up to TV all the time. He's at TV every week, but they just have no plans for him. And you just thought, like, after like because the WWE in their earnings report were talking about how like someone asked them about the ratings, you know, about turning around the ratings, and they were like, we don't need to turn around the ratings because we've got other metrics, we've got YouTube metrics, we've got Facebook metrics, like that's where we're getting those watches, and those YouTube and Facebook metrics are telling you that the Buddy Murphy Aaliyah storyline was really connecting with people. I know that some people didn't like it, and know some people found it very very controversial, and that's that's absolutely fine, and I don't disagree with you at all on that, but those numbers were really really great. And yet, for some reason, that storyline has just been dropped from TV completely. And Buddy Murphy's at TV every week, and they're not using him. So there's like these, these like Dave, you mentioned Alistair Black. And yeah, so I wonder if there are a couple of guys that are just like, whether it's not, whether they're being kept off TV for a reason, which is what we've just seen with Steve Cutler. You know, we were like, where's Steve Cutler been on TV? Turns out he's, you know, he's getting his, he's getting his marching orders. I don't know. And like the, the other one that I find is interesting as well is apparently Cesaro is contract is up after WrestleMania. And all but like it, when, when Cesaro, like the, the report came out, Cesaro's contract is up after WrestleMania. It suddenly clicked with me. I was like, oh, that's why he's getting pushed on TV because <laughs> they were, because they're that's trying to get him to resign. True. Yeah, yeah that's they're trying to get him to resign. So God. like as soon as. as as soon as you resign, it's like, right, cool. Well, we can stop that push then. But yeah, like it's like, oh, right, cool. Well, that makes sense now. That's why he's How getting all this TV time. Has Cesaro been with the company now? I feel like it's been forever. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. I mean, I was, uh, I've, I've been writing up about um, Brody Lee for the Rest Talk magazine, um, which is coming out next month. And I was, I was going back and I was watching an old Chikara match of those. And that was like in 2008 when he was Claudio Castagnoli. So it's got to be like 2009, 2010 that he yeah. joined the It's a long, old time. Oh, and to think that he's never necessarily had, like he's always been like, he's always been pretty much at the same spot, I feel. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, right, let's look at the uh, AEW NXT ratings for this week. It was a big week for AEW because they had the beach break uh, edition of the show, and NXT were pushing that Edge, Royal Rumble winner Edge, was going to be on the show. Worked out for AEW, which I think kind of makes sense because they were pushing beach break for a lot longer than WWE were Edge being on NXT. You know, this is had like, this is had uh, months of build really this beach break episode with a huge six-man main event and they got 844,000 viewers on tnt up 15 percent from the previous week uh, and nxt was actually down where to 610,000 and you know we were talking last week about how they were so close and there was that theory that it was because of the cutouts uh that tnt suffered in the lance archer eddie kingston match and i think this kind of like disparate gap again probably shows that was the reason that like people just saw aw is not working i'm just gonna switch over and watch nxt this week until it comes back right right exactly yeah that was crazy to me but okay let's talk about the edge thing because when did he he made that announcement did he make it the day before dynamite or was it two days before dynamite i mean sorry excuse me nxt I, I think no, it, was either, I th- <laughs> it was either Monday or Tuesday. I want to say it was Tuesday. But, I think and I'm it pretty was sure Tuesday too. I think it was Tuesday as well because we did the raw review on Tuesday and someone sent us in a hyper chat asking, Do you think that Edge will challenge Finn Balor? And we were like, Absolutely not. Like, he's definitely facing Roman Reigns. Like, I don't even think he'll be on NXT. And then as soon as we post that episode about two hours later, they announced that Edge was going to be on NXT. And I was like, Oh, well, now I look like a dick because I said that's probably not going to happen. So, yeah, it was definitely on Tuesday. <laughs> Okay, so then that's the thing that I'm thinking is like, how many people 
you know, actually check social media every day. I know that, you know, you know, I check social media every day. I'm sure you check social media every day, but I don't think that everybody does. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of people just like missed it and didn't even know. Or like also they, even if let's say they are like, okay, Edge is going to be on. All right. They know that they can always watch the segment. They can watch the segment if they choose on YouTube or they can go on social media and watch the clip there. So it's almost not something that I think is necessarily like, oh my God, I got to tune in because Edge is going to be on. I don't necessarily think that it's something that would, I'm just thinking about like me as a viewer and what would interest me. I don't necessarily think that I would, if I haven't been tuning in, I wouldn't necessarily just come back out of nowhere and be like, I'm tuning in because Edge is here. Yeah, I think it would be, it's interesting to know, like, I mean, obviously we'll never know this. What the difference would have been if he'd have said on his promo on Raw in that opening segment, which is Brian and Dave pointed out Wrestling Observer Radio is the most watched Raw segment, like one of the most watched Raw segments of the year every single year because it's the first segment after the Rumble. If he'd have said in that promo, I'm going to be on NXT this Wednesday and I'm going to go face-to-face with Finn Balor because he's a potential opponent for me at WrestleMania, whether that would have had more of an impact on the NXT rating than then just saying on Tuesday on Twitter, by the way, he's going to be on NXT this week. Yeah, that probably, I mean, who knows? They could have done it that way, but it just feels like making a tweet on, you know, sending out a tweet, like, all right, it's cool. You can get a couple of retweets, a couple of lags and all of that. But at the end of the day, I think you still want that wider out, that wider audience. And I think a lot of us forget that, you know, I'm so invested in Twitter and all of that, that I almost feel like I'm in a Twitter bubble because oh, yeah. you think, oh, every single wrestling fan is on Twitter. That's not true. Not every yeah. single wrestling fan is on Twitter. Heck, there may be wrestling fans that don't even have social media. And I know this because I know people that don't have like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It trips me out. But there's people like that. So it like sometimes I think that we're in like this social media bubble that just because we saw it, we think everybody sees it. Yeah, I, I I get this because like uh, there'll be times when I'll finish watching a show and I'll go and check Twitter because I've really, I don't have an Instagram, I don't have a Facebook, but I do have Twitter. So I'll go to Twitter and I'll be like, you know, I'll look at certain things. I'll be like, okay, well, this is what the reaction to this show has been. And I'll talk about that. And then like you look at the YouTube comments and it's a completely different reaction to it. And I'm like, oh, right. And it's because you're absolutely right. Like sometimes I get into a sort of like, it's a Twitter bubble where I'm like, this is what Twitter is saying. So that's kind of like what I think the reaction to this show has been. And then you go into a different social media platform. It's a completely different kettle of fish. And oh, actually yeah. people are saying different things about it. Like, I'll tell you this much. It's even different in terms of like fan bases and communities. Like I've noticed so much difference. Like, uh, like the wrestle talk audience is different from the fightful audience, different from the sports Kita audience, different from the F4W audience. And it's so crazy to me how like, you know, people can be so different, but it really is like that. So you just have like different opinions, different likes and dislikes, and that's cool. But it is pretty interesting because I think sometimes you think, oh, because everybody thinks this here, everybody yeah. thinks this elsewhere, but that's not necessarily the case. Uh, right. Well, we are going to dive into the mailbag very shortly. But before we get into the mailbag, my Christmas <laughs> present to Denise arrived. Uh, I am, cannot apologize for it being so late. Um, uh, moving house. Uh, I've got some, a myriad of other excuses that I could use. But no excuses, Luke. It got here. I'm it, happy. <laughs> it did. It finally arrived. I've been, I've been planning this for, you know, I've, I've been planning it out. My wife and I were talking about it, you know, changing this, moving things out. But I'm very, very excited to see A, what you think, B, how much of it survives. So this will so, be. <laughs> funny story. Like I opened the door and it was, oh, last night. So after AEW NXT, like an hour after. So it was already like, 
10 or 11 or something. Like I had done my show and everything. And I, I like, I saw like a box on like the top of the mailbox. And I was like, I told my fiance, I was like, Hey, can you check? I was like, can you make sure that's not for me? I was like, I'm not expecting anything. I was like, I don't think it's for me. And it's like literally out in the public where like anybody could have just passed by and they could have just gotten it. Like it's right at the street. So anybody could have stolen my package and it ended up being for me. And I was like, Oh my God, my package finally came. Yeah, I, I mean, my wife said to me on uh, Wednesday night, she was like, has Denise had uh, uh, the Christmas present yet? And I was like, no, that won't be there for ages yet. Like, that would be... And then like the very next, like that day you tweet me being like, oh, it arrived. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, actually, no, it turns out it arrived perfectly right. fine. I felt so special because there was a, a stamp of the, the queen or something. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never gotten a package with a stamp with the queen on it. So fun fact so royal. I had to take that package down and it was, I, I didn't, I didn't actually box it up. Like it was in a box, but I didn't have tape. So I had to take it down as an open box. But anyway, right. You, you, Luke, me you sent me so much stuff. Holy cow. <laughs> I feel like I should have sent you more. <laughs> when I saw yours, I was like, oh my God, his box is way bigger than mine. It was too big. Denise, it was, <laughs> I went too fast. <laughs> oh my God. And when you said it was expensive to ship it over and now I'm seeing the size of this. All right. Let me see if oh, I can dude. like, kind of put it in perspective for the viewers here i mean this box is bigger than like two of like three of my heads and i have like a giant head all right so here we go let's see what we got uh we got quavers cheese oh so close you know what that's exactly what my wife said it's like i bet she says quavers or something like that no, it's quite it's, it's... what is it what is it, it they are quavers quavers <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh let's see monster munch oh my god i've never heard of any of these luke if you check out the flavor for it as well so that's that's the interesting pickled onion oh this one's a uh, cheese yep pickled onion flavored monster munch mm -mm -mm. delicious prawn cocktail and didn't you teach me what a prawn was like a while back yeah yeah it's a shrimp basically oh my god all right so just like fyi i'm gonna do like a video like taste testing all of these what's it I do not like Watsits. I, I can tell you this. I don't like them, but I, I, I feel like they're a British staple, so I thought I should send them over, but I do not like Watsits. Let's see. Uh, Sensations Thai Sweet Chili. Oh, they are good crisps. They are excellent crisps. I hope you like crisps because there's a lot of them. I love potato chips. Like, I live for them. Tyrelli Sweet Chili and Red Pepper mm, from oh. Herefordshire, England. And they're holding a big chili. So that's Herefordshire. Oh, it's Herefordshire? Yes. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Herefordshire? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like every English. You know, because we speak, we speak the fake English over there. Oh my God. All right. Next up. Oh my God, Luke. You literally, my grandparents are going to love you because they're going to like nibble on this stuff too. Um, okay, kettle seesaw and crushed black peppercorns. Oh, Absolutely. Those, those are among my favorite crisps in the world. Oh, they are really? good. So, so good. Yeah, yeah. They're quite fatty, but they're very, very delicious. What is this? Maynard's so, Bassets? Bassets? Yes. Ba yes, yeah, so Bassets. So that those are licorice, those are licorice all sorts. They're like licorice like candy things, oh, like little oh. sweets. Look at that little um, guy is so funny. Yeah, that's Bertie. That's Bertie Bassett. Bertie Bassett. Yeah. <laughs> is he like famous? 
He is a little bit. Yeah, he's the mascot of, of Licorice All Sorts. Yeah, I'd say he was birdie. Oh I'd my god, that's so funny. Famous. Oh, look at this. Drumstick squashies raspberry flavor. Yep. So I actually haven't seen this before, but there's also, a, I think there's a drumstick in there as well. I love a drumstick. Like a drumstick's like a little cheap little sweet thing you can get for people in party bags. Double Decker Cadbury. Cadbury. Dude, is that, did, that, did that survive? Yes, oh, it's hard totally. still. <laughs> Yes, I'm so, <laughs> so happy. Blue chew. Uh, it's because, so like, when I was packing this up, right, I could hear your fiance, and your fiance is a very smart person, very smart man. I could hear his voice being like, do not send chocolate. Do not send chocolate. It will not make it. And I could, I just ignored him. I was like, don't care. I'm, I'm sending chocolate. You're like, you're like the little devil and the little angel was like right was, next to you. He was there going like, don't send it. Just don't send it. It's not going to make it. What's the point? You're just wasting money. I was like, off you go. I'm sending double decker on its way. <laughs> I feel like you got it. Okay. Uh, Jaffa Cakes, the scoffer. Oh, Jaffa Cakes. Yes. So it's a scoffer. Like it basically Ooh, you just sort of scoff them down. So Jaffa Cakes are, are fairly controversial in the UK. Because Why? there's a debate on whether it's a cake or it's a biscuit. So like biscuit, like ours, our biscuits are very different to what you consider it to be a biscuit, mm -hmm. but like biscuits have got like a snap to them. You, you dunk them in tea, but they are served, but they are sold in the biscuit aisle, but people will tell you it's got a cake consistency with marmalade. So it's not a biscuit. It's a cake. So there's always, the, there's a very much a UK debate about whether it's a biscuit. But they or call cake. it cake. So wouldn't the company know that it's what their product is? Exactly. But it's sold in a biscuit aisle. It's not sold in a cake aisle. Is there not a cake aisle? There is a cake aisle, but it's not sold there. It's sold in the biscuit aisle. But they probably don't sell it in the cake aisle because I feel in the cake aisle, they only sell the ingredients to make the cake from scratch. There's also birthday cakes there. Yeah, you might sell birthday cakes down there. Hmm, interesting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Next up, we have the Marvelous Creations Jelly Popping Candy Dare. There's candy in this? Holy. Yeah, yeah. All right. This is a Denise <laughs> product right here. I'm so excited to try this. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. But it says Cadbury. popping candy and jelly beans. Yeah, there's candy beans and jelly beans. Oh, sorry, popping candy and jelly beans in there. They're delicious. Really, this really looks good. amazing. And I haven't heard of anything. Anything that you've done so far, I haven't heard deal. of it at all. Dude, I was in the shop. Like, Google, like I pick out certain things. I'd be like, is this available in the US? And it would tell me, like, yes or no. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I haven't seen any of this stuff. Uh, hula hoops. Lovely stuff. Yep, just nice and uh, they're beautiful little crisps those haribo oh wait my stuff is falling haribo i don't think i have this one though this this one though the tang fastics do i have tang fastics i have I different know. versions of haribo or haribo i, I like that i think you say haribo as well it's very cool is it haribo or haribo we would just call it haribo because it's, like, <gasps> it's german oh i have no idea all right i'm running out of space all right uh here we go <laughs> what do we have here love hearts share the love oh these are so cute I'm so glad that you don't have those. I love a love heart. Let's now we have Smarties. Oh, no, those are different to Smarties. Those are very different to Smarties. A little egg. Yeah, it's a cream egg. It's a little like, cream a, egg. That is a Capri's cream egg. And it made it, Luke. You, your so, eggs made it. I'm so thrilled that it made it. So, so thrilled that it made it. That was I the one I was like, I was like, I didn't wrap that one up. I was like, man, that's going to be crushed. Like, it's I've been doing. Oh, this is so cute. Mr. Porky. Okay, right. So pork scratchings are, um, it's pork fat that is deep fried. Chicharrones. 
Oh, really? Oh, oh, wow. You have like, so yeah, it's like deep, like a really like it's, salty. Yeah. And like Mexican, like it's, it's chicharrones or I think that's, oh, yeah, cool. that's chicharrones. like it's, it's the pork and it's like hard, right. And really crunchy. Yeah. yeah oh, chicharrones. Yes. Amazing. I didn't know. <laughs> but not this was... brand though. Not this brand, like okay. a totally different brand. Yeah. Totally different. I was talking to, was talking to some friends about this. Cause they're like, don't say the pork scratchings. They're disgusting. And I'm like, no, but no, I, when, I, when I was a meat. When I was a meat eater, I loved pork scratchings, particularly if you get a nipple on it. That's how you know it's good. Like, that's how you know it's a good one, because like that, that means it's definitely the skin. Or you can still see the branding of the pig on there. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, boost. Yeah, boost bar. Oh, that is great. I've never that's heard got, of any of this. Like, oh, my God. It's got like caramel. It's got little biscuit bites in there. Oh, I love a boost. Boost is I'm not going to lie to you. I'm having a culture shock right now. So I've, I've sent you two of my favorite chocolate bars, which are a boost and a double decker. And I love a double decker. That's which like is your favorite? I, I, I go back and forth. So like a double decker has got a thick layer of nougat in there and then like a biscuity bottom. But the double, but the boost has got like a thick, like it's got caramel rim and then the biscuit mm. in the middle with like some like soft chocolate in there. Oh, it's amazing. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. Like my heart wants to explode. I'm so excited to do like this video. <laughs> Oh, a Yorkie. Oh, this looks fancy. Well, a Yorkie is, that's by a different uh, uh, company. That's Nestle. And uh, they uh, they hit a lot of controversy in the late 90s because their marketing campaign was, it's not for girls. What? <laughs> yeah. And this is the one I was like, ooh, this looks good. <laughs> yeah, they, have, they just changed their advertising being like, it's a boy's chocolate. It's not for girls. And they used to have like the no symbol on there with a picture of a girl on it with like a no Shut sign for it. And the, the, adverts, the adverts were girls going into shops dressed up as boys trying to buy a Yorkie and the shopkeeper telling them no. And Wait, like and got... when did they stop this? Uh, in the late 90s, like uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It was, it got a lot of complaints. I feel like 90s, 2000s is still really late. Like had you said <laughs> the 70s, I would have been like, okay, like they stopped it in the 70s. No, I had a, um, I had a, I, I, there was a magazine called, I think it was, it was like the zoo or nuts. We used to have like a, a lads mag where like, you know, it's it's about cars and football and girls and all this sort of stuff and lads, lads, lads stuff. And they had like, Yorkie did a, a sponsorship with them where they sold like, like they gave away stickers that had like, you know, it's not for girls. Do not touch. This is for girls. And I had a, it's not for girls thing on my TV remote. My girlfriend went nuts. She was so, so mad at me for having a sticker on my remote control. Good. I, I second her on this oh, one. Totally. Oh, absolutely. I was very much wrong. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to eat this. My caption's going to be, it's for girls <laughs> or girl eating Yorkie. <laughs> um, we have, uh, ooh, this looks fun. A dolly mixture, dolly mixtures with a little, is that a bunny or a mouse? It's a mouse, uh, right? I think it's a little mouse. mouse yeah. Yeah. It's a mouse. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a classic uh, British like little candy mm. thing, a little dolly mixture. My mouth is like souring so much. These all look so great uh oh. wine gums ooh, gummies those are, those are my favorite gummies also they're vegan oh nice i haven't had yeah, i've had a couple of vegan foods so i think but well, i don't these, think i've ever had vegan candy well it's interesting because wine gums were never intentionally vegan they just always have been vegan because they're not made with gelatin so they are just just always been delicious these look so good oh my gosh i hate I that i'm gonna gum. wait until tomorrow i literally hate myself <laughs> like i want to get into this box right now a whisper 
Oh, Whisper. Yeah, that actually got discontinued in the UK and then brought back about uh, 15 years ago or so. But yeah, they just stopped doing it. And then it was a there was a public campaign to bring them back. Wow. Uh, this is a drumstick mega drumstick. What is this? So that's drumstick. So it's like a candy thing, but it's like you've got to it's really hard. So you've got to suck on it first to like whittle it. You've got to whittle down its consistency before you can bite into it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. I physically cannot. Oh my god! I didn't even have a comeback. I don't even have a comeback. That's what she said. <laughs> and this is the last one. Um, this is the arrow, 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 uh, yeah, arrow. arrow. Festive peppermint. Mm-hmm. Pe- festive peppermint. I love peppermint. By the way, holy cow! You have no idea how much I love peppermint. This is gonna drive me wild. I love peppermint. So that is a, it's a bubbly chocolate as well. It's got like little air holes in it. And um, it's always been advertised as well as a bit of a girl's chocolate. And that was, it was always targeted towards women, but I think it's delightful. I think I love an arrow. So the man and the woman (laughs) chocolate. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I've never had bubble chocolate though before. Well, there you go. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. Oh, this is so sweet. And you added a letter. <laughs> Excuse me. I could cry. <laughs> this is so cute. Oh, I love this. I'm going to save all of this. Well, I'm going to save this and I'm going to eat the rest of it. <laughs> I cannot wait. Seriously, thank you so much, Luke. Thank you to your wife. Thank you to the Postal Service. <laughs> yep. Oh, thank you, Postal Service, for getting there. Because I'll be honest with you, please. I picked the cheapest option to send it because it was like. Oh, I don't they, blame you. They quoted me a price and I was like, is that we're tracking? They're like, yeah. Can I get it untracked? It was like, yeah, that will reduce it by this much. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to take that because otherwise. You know what I did, right? I what ended up do? getting it for free. I shipped it of over course, for free. <gasps> I had my fiance ship it from I his knew. job and they didn't know. <laughs> so nobody snitched. I don't know. Like, I think like, I think the box might've even arrived with like his job's logo on it. <laughs> So that's how I was able to send it. Oh my god, amazing! Oh god, and I actually was going to. We're actually running out of time. I was wanting to get into the mailbag. I was going to do a live taste test of uh, the trolleys. Oh my god, do it, do it, do okay, a live test. Oh my god, do it. Those are my favorite candies. Do it. Right. I'm so excited. This is quarter to eight in the morning. I'm going to have this sugary little delight here. Oh, hello, mate. Oh. You've been blessed, Luke. Oh, those are blessed. good. And the Dude. red and blue one is my favorite. Then the yellow and the red. The green and the orange is my least favorite. But I still yeah, eat so I, just, it. I just had a red and blue one. And that was amazing. Mm. The best one. That's the second best one. And then the other mm. one's the third best one. <clears throat> right? That yellow one. Mm. That hit a lemon. Mm-hmm. So here's a tip for you. Put them in the refrigerator. Get them a little bit cold. And then eat them. Don't eat them like they're better cold than they are warm. Good advice. I'll put those in the fridge then. Yes. Those are excellent. Right? So, Denise, that is a 10 out of 10. Woo! (laughs) We did it. 10 out of 10. 10. Love those. Right. Crikey. Okay. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, it's Luke Owen here from the WrestleTalk podcast, just letting you know that the video versions of the WrestleTalk podcast is now on a new and exclusive home. If you've been watching the WrestleTalk podcast video version uh, for the last four years, you'll have known it was on WrestleTalk, but because of YouTube algorithms and uploads and blah de blah views etc etc we've been instructed by some very very smart intelligent algorithm boffins that our uploads are kind of like they're butchering some of the plays so what we've done is we've now moved the rest talk podcast off of wrestle talk and are putting it on an exclusive youtube home wrestle talk podcast nothing else is changing you're still going to get your pay-per-view reviews raw aew smackdown the magazine show with myself and denise if you do watch the video version of these podcasts by the time Elimination Chamber rolls around, it will only be available to find on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Don't go to WrestleTalk, you'll only find the WrestleTalk news there. WrestleTalk podcast channel. But if you just search WrestleTalk podcast, you should still be able to find it. That's all from me. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the show. Forty minutes into the show, let's get into the mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you got to do is become one of our play channels on Patreon. Any dollar amount, leave a comment to the community tab. Do not email me; I will just lose it. Is Sorry, this still a wrestling now. podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this still wrestle talk? Or are we on candy talk? 
if, if people have made it to this point, they, they know what they're getting. Like, they know what they're Yeah, that's true. They really do. Uh, so Josh Weisenberger says, hey, uh, hello, Luke and Denise. Hope you're doing well. I was binging videos the other day, chatting with my best wrestling buddy. and was really interesting topic of conversation came up. I wonder if you guys would be interested in it as well. If you discount Pack and Bo Dallas, because one works in AEW, also the other's Bo Dallas, there are, sorry, my mouth is now full of saliva. There are 16 current or former NXT champions on WWE's roster. What if WWE would do a best of NXT tournament using those 16 men? Uh, and so the 16 men include Seth Rollins, Big E, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobbert Roode, Alistair Black, Andrade, Johnny Gargano, Drew McIntyre, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, and Karrion Cross. Like that is like a 16-man tournament to decide like a number one contender. I think it'd be really cool. Hell yeah. Like the names that you just mentioned, like already, like I would be super excited to see like Andrade and Samoa Joe. And just like yeah. all the other people that like were named, that would be incredible. That would be an amazing tournament. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those tournaments though, where you look at it, it's like, I don't know who you're eliminating first, like who's going out in the first round. And, I like, don't even know who to root for. Yeah, I know. There's almost, there's almost, there's too many big names in there. But yeah, that's a wicked idea. I love that. Um, Andrew Donnelly said, if you could show one wrestling pay-per-view to a non-fan to get them into wrestling, what would it be? Mine would be One Night Stand 05. Excuse me. Now, I would disagree with One Night Stand 05 because I think that's so niche. Like, that is a show that is designed for ECW fans, right? Like, that is, you were a fan of ECW, you stopped watching wrestling, here's a reunion show. But if you're showing that to a non-fan to try and get them into wrestling, they're going to have a completely wrong idea of what wrestling is. So, I, while I think it is, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, I don't think it would be the show I would... It's not the show I would show to a non-wrestling fan to get them into wrestling. So what would you show them? So I've done this recently. I would show them, I've been show like my friend, uh, Tom, who was a wrestling fan in 99, early 2000s, stopped watching wrestling like a lot of people did. I showed him takeovers. Like, I was like, if you want to get back into wrestling, here's a wicked takeover. Like um, the uh, Adam Cole, Alistair Black match was one that I showed. I was like, this is awesome. Like, these are two guys who were just like absolutely killing it at the moment. These are the kind of guys that this is what wrestling is today. So that would be like, as to try and get him into watching wrestling again, I showed him that. And he's also been very intrigued by AEW. So I would show him some, uh, something from like, uh, probably like the Revolution tag match, like the the Bucks, oh, young, yeah. uh, the Bucks and Mega Page to be like, this is, so probably Revolution, like, because top to bottom, that's a great show. I love your picks. I was actually thinking of takeovers too. I feel like that would be like the go-to answer, especially it's a little bit of like both. You get the, you know, you get the, the entertainment but you also get the you know the hard-hitting action so aside from takeovers just to add to that depending on the person so if, if the person is not really looking for like specific skill and like stamina i would give them something more exciting like the royal like any royal rumble show just for them to get excited right mm-hmm but if it's somebody that i feel would appreciate the actual art of wrestling I would show them like any Wrestle Kingdom or like a G1 or something like that to get them you, and the takeovers to get them interested in like the art form of wrestling. But if yeah. I'm looking more as like an entertainment side of it, I would probably do like a rumble or something like that. Well, a rumble makes sense because you get like uh, you get 60 names in there. 
to be like here are like and that is a way to say like, here are 60 characters for uh that are currently in wrestling it's like that's a really good way to be like to show you like a breadth of people and because like they use, a lot of people use the rumble to get their characters over you know something like billy k in this year's rumble like if you're new to wrestling and you see billy k you're like cool i completely understand that character i know who that character is tony so i know who that character is so yeah i, I think the rumble is actually a really good shout to show because a non-fan also, like when I would do my row, like my Royal Rumble parties, I didn't have like any parties for like any other event. I mean, besides WrestleMania, but it was like Royal Rumble was like the one where I would actually invite like, oh, my aunts and my uncles that don't necessarily watch wrestling, but come have a good time and eat pizza with us. I would only do it for the Royal Rumble. I wouldn't do it for like any other pay-per-view. So I think that's a great answer. Uh, Alan Monsoon says, hey, Team Danuk, with the conclusion of the Royal Rumble ending, uh, with Edge and Bianca winning their respective Rumbles, who do you think they're going to face at Mania? I think the obvious answer of Bianca is Sasha um, for the SmackDown title, but I feel Edge, there's two options. It could be either Drew or Randy. Um, I think it's most likely, I think it's like the report is, obviously Alan left this comment, but I think before Raw had even aired. So I would, I think the report now is it's going to be Edge Roman at Mania. And I feel like for me, I'm kind of, I think you were saying the opposite on Fightful, but I think I'm more interested in Edge Roman than I am Edge Drew, um, if I'm being honest. But that's because I think I'm so into the Roman heel character. And I think the Battle of the Spears, just like, I think that could be a really interesting story to tell. That would be good. But I think I personally was just a little bit more interested in Edge Drew. But I don't know if that would happen. And then for Bianca, definitely with Sasha Banks. I think that one's more of a clear-cut answer. Again, yeah. with Edge, I feel like there's options. I even like the tease of like a, hey, like possibly Finn. And if done wins, possibly done. And then he even had that segment with um, Karrion Cross that was like, you don't have to worry about them. You got to worry about me. You know, just I like the fact that there's options. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I'm, just, I'm just kind of excited for what they're going to do with Edge. Actually, on that, like, um, Rini sent a message saying, hello, Luke and Denise. Since Mania is two months away, I wanted to ask what your dream mini Mania would be this year. Uh, their pick was Rhea Charlotte, Bianca Sasha, Orson Fiend, Biggie Christian, and then Keith uh, Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, which I feel like is quite a, like, I think most of those you're going to get, like, a, Bianca Sasha, I think, is an absolute lock. Awesome Fiend is a lock. Biggie Christian, I think, is a fun one. I, I really like that because, you know, there's that story that Christian was owed a title shot. Biggie was the champion at that point. I know Sean is, like, on a big campaign to, to make that a reality. He's putting that out into the world. I love that option. I really, really do. For me, though, I'd actually... In a way, I'd quite like to see it be Asuka Charlotte for the Raw Women's title, but Asuka gets the win. And yeah, so that way you can kind of like do a retelling of their Mania 33 feud, but this time, or the 34 feud rather, but this time it's Asuka that goes over. I like, I'm totally opposite on this one. I don't have any interest in seeing Asuka versus Charlotte. Like, I'd rather see Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. Like, that would be the one that I would want to see. And then I do want to see uh, if, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would like to see Triple H, uh, AJ Styles. I think that's the one where I'm like, you know what? That would be a cool little dream matchup. And I would want to see it. Yeah, I'd be amazing. That'd be really, really cool. Um, Marcus Sol Campbell, do you think that Impact will run paid ads during an episode of AEW Dynamite? And he follows up with uh, Tommy Dreamer getting a shot at the next Impact Plus special. Is he just a placeholder for someone else like Moose to get the title shot in Dreamer's place? The Tommy Dreamer thing, in my opinion, is lame. So I really, it feels like a throwaway. Like I have zero interest in it. And then for the paid ads, no, I don't think so. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with on you. I agree with you on that one, rather. Uh, Callum, this is a fun one. What two shows would you have loved to have seen a crossover episode? It could be old or new shows. Mine would have been Friends and How I Met Your Mother. I think Barney and Joey would have got along very well. I heard a little birdie has told me that you prefer Frasier to Seinfeld. I wonder what bird told you that. <laughs> it was the yeah. Twitter bird. Yeah, so I like started. So I'm barely on season three. Have you seen Frasier? Oh, dude, I love Frasier. Okay. I, I was I was watching Frasier like when it was first on, and I loved Frasier. I thought it was so great. Do you like it more than Seinfeld? I've never seen Seinfeld, so oh, okay. I, uh, I I can't make that comment. But I loved Frasier. I think I think it's so funny. I love the character of Frasier Crane. Love Niles. Love Daphne. I love my. I love Roz. Oh my god, I love everything about Frasier. That's exactly how I feel like I can't even pick a character where I'm like, oh, I don't like this person. I like everybody, but I'm barely on season three. I just finished episode 17. So I'm on 18 or 19 or something like that. But I've been so into it. And it's at first when I started watching it, I was like, oh, this feels like an old boring show. And then like 20 minutes in, I was like, oh, my God, next episode, next episode. And lo and behold, now I'm almost at season four. So I really like it. I liked it so much. I'm liking it a lot more than Seinfeld. There's just a different like it's connecting to my heart connecting to my soul but to answer the question uh i kind of have to have the same answer i met your mother and friends because i feel like there's so much similarities that you would just have to do it yeah i think i would like to so this is tough because there's like shows that i love but then i'm like i don't know if the crossover would work like you know i love the good place but i don't want to see a crossover episode with something else because i don't want any character to have to die in order to go to the good place so like that that's you know so i'm going to excise that off the table i'm currently watching buffy like i'm nearly finished watching buffy now I was gonna say, um, you've been you watching know, buffy for a while now oh, dude that's because it took us like six months to get through season four because it was so rubbish like it we like it we, we were like oh this is a should we sit down and watch another episode? I don't really want to. Like, I don't want to watch this show. But we're like, just we're trying to plow through it so we can get to season five, which I thought was much better. Um, but we're now on season seven, and we watched like two episodes, like every couple of days or whatever. So we're nearly finished on that. So I'm trying to think, what do I want to cross over with Buffy? Um, what was a good like show to cross over with Buffy? Vampire oh. Diaries. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe something like that. Or I'm going to pick something like Star Trek The Next Generation and Babylon 5 or something like that because I love TNG. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options there. But um, maybe like TNG come down onto Earth and then we get them crossing over with friends. That, that's a, another option as well. What are you guys going to watch after Buffy? ER. Oh, okay. I like how you already had a plan. You're like ER. <laughs> like this is what's yeah. happening next. <laughs> So uh, the streaming service we've got over here, all four, it's like a free streaming service and they've got like a load of um, American, what well, they call it the American box sets selection. <laughs> so there's like uh, Buffy, there's Angel, ER, the West Wing. There's like loads of like 90s, early aughts American shows that I loved. So um, we're watching Buffy, not going to bother with Angel, but we're going to do ER next. I tried to convince my wife to pick up the West Wing because I love the West Wing, but she's like, I've tried it. I didn't like it. So we're going with ER instead. Do you have HBO Max? No, we don't have it here yet. Oh, man. So, oh, okay, never mind. Because I was going to re recommend you a show, but I was like, oh, well, you don't have HBO Max. But if anybody has HBO Max, I suggest the flight attendant. It's like... It's those, those shows that I would recommend when you're not ready to like dive into a long series and you kind of want to watch something quick and easy. The flight attendant was really good. Yeah, we were actually in a, a 
mode like that the other night where we we're like well we want to start a new series but we don't want anything that was like too like heavily involved mm-hmm. and for whatever reason then we talked about that chris evans one that's on apple tv which is like super duper heavy and we were like fuck, this is a bit heavier which than one's I that one uh, is it defending jacob or something like that but it's um it's basically about like his kid gets accused of murder and he's a district attorney and then like there's there's mysteries and and sort of you know twists and turns along the way well, I'm going to watch it. It's a powerhouse performance. Like Chris Evans is great in it. But um, at the same time, I'm like, this is a bit heavy. I think we're going to go back to Buffy here. Like we'll just go back to the light entertainment of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> That's true. Like the heavy enter- like the heavy ones, I don't like to watch before bed because then I'll, ha- I'll dream about it. And I, I'm always the main character and I'm always living like the worst possible scenario. Uh, Chris Gardner, uh, as much as I and many others want WWE to push uh, to be pushing new talent, seeing Legends return is always a huge moment, and it got me thinking about the current roster. Who from the current talent pool in WWE do you think will generate the biggest pop if they were to return in 10 years after retirement? I struggle to see who in the current roster would get such a huge reaction, as given WWE's mentality of WWE being the draw and not the talent. I still think, even with that mentality, because you're right, like I think WWE, they are they're not pushing stars they're pushing themselves as a brand i totally get that but i still think there's individual people if someone went out said like i've got to retire now like if if seth rollins came out on smackdown was like i picked up an injury i've got to retire and then in 10 years time that that retirement is like you know his injury gets better and he's able to return that's going to be a huge pop because it's seth rollins right like so you know we we like seeing seth rollins wrestle so i think that even though i still think there are certain people within this company probably a lot of people actually that if they were away and away for 10 years and then came back they would still get a huge huge pop i think there's quite a few actually and i'll just make i'll name the obvious one for obvious reasons and that's roman reigns yeah roman i was gonna say becky lynch becky Becky lynch sasha banks yeah so many becky if Becky decided now that like motherhood to her was more important than being a wrestler, which I would totally respect and understand. And then in 10 years time, like you said that, whoa, she comes out for a Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like that would be a huge pop. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, Duncan J says, uh, hi team to Nick. I hope you're keeping well and enjoying the snacks from the other side of the pond. Um, this is interesting because I think he's missing a word in this question, but I'm going to fill in the blanks. He says, Luke, as a as you're a massive Ghostbusters fan, do you think uh, that's his best film? I wonder if he means Bill Murray. Um, but he also says, Denise, how are you so peppy and happy? It's refreshing to see. Oh, do you want to answer the question first or am I going first? Um, in terms of if, if the answer the question was if it's Bill Murray's best film, it's my favorite Bill Murray movie. I don't know if you could say it's his best film because like... I don't know, he's done some pretty great movies along the way. Um, but like, it's my favorite Bill Murray performance. And it's my favorite Bill Murray. Like, I do love Groundhog Day, though. Is, is Bill Murray is Bill Murray and Groundhog Day better than Bill Murray and Ghostbusters? Do you know what? I'm going to say yes, because Groundhog Day is a Bill Murray movie, whereas Ghostbusters is a, it's Murray, it's Aykroyd, it's Ramus, it's Sigourney Weaver. Like, it's an, a bit more of an ensemble piece. But yeah, like Groundhog Day, that is a Bill Murray movie. So I'm picking Groundhog Day for that. I saw that movie once, but I kind of forgot the like main <laughs> thing about it. <laughs> um, Which is ironic because it's a lot of the same thing over and over again. Isn't it just like Groundhog? I don't remember. Doesn't a little squirrel come out and yeah, he gets, he, gets trapped, he gets trapped in the same day for like over and over again. So like, wow, I can up, remember he, that. That's what I mean. It's quite ironic. But yeah, he wakes up six thirty every day, and it's the same day over and over again. See, though, I hate those kinds of movies. Like those <sighs> movies that they like 
start all over. I'm like, oh God, it's one of those. I'm out. Like, I'll, like if I watch, if I start watching a movie and that happens, I'll exit. I'm like, I'm not gonna go through this. Like, I'm out on this one. But I need to rewatch Groundhog Day, please, because Groundhog Day is, is wicked. But yeah, I'm sorry, you can't. You can. I will rewatch it just for you, Luke. I will oh, rewatch it for you. Um, to answer your question, though. I don't know. My mom told me I was born like really happy. That's what she said. So I'll take her word for it. According to my mom, I just came out and I was like, uh, uh, like I just came out like this. According, like I kid you not. That's what my mom said. That the second I like was born, I was like, uh. so there you go. It's natural, go. I guess. You were just born happy. Uh, Alex Kirkman says, uh, I've got two questions. Are there any plans to put Adam's parts fun known content out as podcast? As an avid podcast listener, to me, it seems like a no brainer. I feel like I'm missing out. Uh, secondly, what are your original thoughts on the Jinder Mahal experiment before it panned out and was simply shocking? I was a big fan of it as it was something different, but WWE balls it right up. Um, on the first part, I think like Adam's booking videos and his lists, I feel like they're too like visual. Like uh, Quizzlemania goes out as a podcast because like Quizzlemania's got so much chat in there. Like it, like there are visual rounds for it, but it's also a very chatty thing. Um, but yeah, like um, I think his his booking videos feel like it's it's too visual for it to be like a, a, an audio form. Plus, when we put too much stuff out on the podcast, it turns people off from listening to the podcast. So uh, to answer the question, no, there are no plans to put out as as a podcast content. That makes sense. The visual aspect of it makes sense. Yeah, but what do you think about uh, gin the Jinder Mahal? Oh, I forgot the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that I I don't I don't think there was ever a point in my opinion that Jinder Mahal showed anything special. So like I hated the Jinder Mahal thing from like start to finish. Before I I just didn't see any interest in this whatsoever. I mean, Alex, you're in a bit of luck, really, because I was working, me and Ollie were doing Rust Talk podcasts uh, when Jinder won the title. So you can actually, you can literally go back and watch that Backlash podcast review and you can see what our thoughts were when uh, when he won the title. I it think negative that, or not negative? I, if I remember correctly, I think in that I did say it is something different. It is something new. So like, you know, it, maybe we can try and, and do it. Like in retrospect, I wish they'd have done more of a build for it. Um, but yeah, I think at the time I was like, hey, it's something different. It's something new. Let's like, maybe let's give it a shot. And then it, it did not pan out the way that we, we thought it would. Um, Bro, I tested like from the moment, like from the moment I was like, oh dear. This is I mean, uh, there could be every chance I go back and watch that episode and I'm like, this sucks, but I honestly don't remember what I thought. But that's the, that's the beauty of YouTube. It's on there for life uh, until YouTube closes. Uh, the American dad asked Jesse Long, says, greetings, Team Danuk, uh, the best transatlantic sports infotainment duo ever. Oh, thanks. I like that. Uh, we are transatlantic. I didn't realize that till now. I know. I mean, for I mean, it's both Friday for us now because I've taken yeah. the past midnight. Barely. Um, but uh, this question is more for Luke. Have you gotten around to listening to the new Weezer album, OK Human? Uh, when I'm not catching up on Rust Talk, I've been listening to Grapes of Wrath and playing my piano almost exclusively this week. It's the most fun I've had being sad in quite some time. For Denise, Weezer is kind of like Taylor Swift, but for aging white millennials. Okay, um, first of all, I know who Weezer is. I've listened to Weezer. I grew up listening to Weezer. So I'm not not familiar <laughs> with Weezer. I know a lot of their songs. 
Oh yeah, but I, as an aging white millennial, Weezer are my. They're one of my bands, and they're one of the most frustrating bands I've ever loved because the oh. Blue Album, because the Blue Album is a masterpiece, right? Like that, it is ten tracks of just pure brilliance, and then every album after that, with the exception of Pinkerton has been like oh i'm so excited oh my god it's so average and then like they release a new album you're like yes weezer are back oh my god it's so average again like they have like one or two bangers per album and then the rest of it is just like why do you even bother like it's i've I've listened to it i've already forgotten it and but i apparently i've i've heard good things about okay human even a million albums though like i feel like they've had like a million denise you'd have thought by accident one of them would be great and it has not happened. I've all just been like mediocre and it's been so frustrating to be a Weezer fan. But from what I've heard, and like me and Ollie were talking about this because Ollie's listened to it, it is a it's actually the probably the best album they've done in ages. So wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening to it today. Um I'm but I have one of my favorite Weezer songs. So as you as you continue, I'm gonna search them really quick. Uh, Benjamin says, um, I forget which podcast I was listening to, but someone asked Luke and Ollie which teams they're hoping to see uh, reunite like Edge and Christian did at the Rumble. It got me thinking, would you rather see Jeff Hardy go to AEW and join Matt or Matt go back to WWE and why? Personally, I'd much rather see Jeff go to AEW. I think he's gone as far as he can in WWE. I agree. I think I yeah. think Jeff to AEW. And then to answer your question, apparently I'm like those people that only know the hits of Weezer because those are the only ones I know. What, which one's the sweater song? Oh, Undone. Yeah, the sweater Undone. Song. That's the, my favorite one. And you know oh, what? and say it ain't so. Yeah, again, that's on the Blue Album. Like That's because the Blue Album is a masterpiece. Okay, then the Blue Album's my favorite because that's the <laughs> one I most know the songs. Oh, and I did like the... Uh, the one Beverly is that like embarrassing? Beverly Hills. Like Beverly no, 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 Hills. No. I like oh, that I like one. Beverly Hills. Yeah, that it's not on the blue album. I think it's on the black album. Maybe it's on the black. It's the covers black. Yeah, it's the black album. With, like then. squiggles. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and, and you know what? It's the only good song on that album. Um, leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Uh, thanks for looking at my concept for the custom championship belt. I recommend JB Toys. They made the BTE championship for being the elite. Uh, my question is, uh, what do you think of WWE's treatment and depiction of foreign talent? I don't think it's been that great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. speaking on the Mexican side of things, it hasn't been looking that great for us, at least. I mean, they could, they could definitely put a lot more. Uh, they, I think they've been improving, though. I will say that. I think they've there's been improvement, but I mean, we can all go back and point out a lot of things that were not that great. Yeah, I, I think WWE have got like it's a very '80s. It's an old school wrestling mentality, really, which is that um, it, it's easy to make them a heel because they're easy to like because like, you can paint them as the invading foreigner, right? Like, I mean the british talent gets presented this way as well like william regal was just like well you're you're british so you're a heel because that's what because you, you've got to be right um so yeah so i i, I you know it's, it's just a very old school mentality it just kind of sucks that they sometimes still have that mentality where it's just like okay you're you're japanese that means you've got to be the sneaky japanese talent and i i you know when they were doing it with asker i was like oh no 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 thank you no this is not who asker is Oh yeah. Or like it there. Yeah. They try, they, you know, I've listened to so many like past shows and like listening to the commentary, some of the storylines are just like, my God, imagine if this would have happened like nowadays. It's wild. 
Oh yeah. Um, right. We've got, uh, actually we haven't, we haven't got that many questions. We probably can do all of these. Uh, Jericho, I remember there being a forbidden door somewhere. Uh, well, I don't see there being one anymore, just a large hole from a battering ram. It seems like AEW really is trying to create a true wrestling world. What would it take for WWE to do something like this? My guess would be executives at NBC universal and Fox going to Vince. Uh, I just rewatched Russell talk after dark. Damn Luke. That was one crazy story and a messy one too. Winky face. Um, Denise, where can I get a shirt? Uh, where can I get that T-shirt that Sean got last week? Wait, which shirt that Sean got last so, week? The one, the grapevine so, one. So it's either the the California raisins one, or is it the uh, the Kanye West one? So the Kanye West fan was made by a fan, so like it was like specially made. And the grapevine one, I don't know because Sean bought it. Mm. And I, um, I know the 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 store name was on the bag, but I threw the bag away, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um yes the uh rust talk up stock has come up quite a few times in in hyper chats but i'm not going to mention it here you have to go to the podcast to hear that story um as to what it would take for wwe to create a wrestling world i just i don't think they they are doing that they're just doing it within their own house like that's what triple h has been talking about the global localization we're setting up nxt uk we're setting up nxt india nxt japan nxt like nxt mexico so they are creating their wrestling world it's just an internal one they work differently. I think that's what people need to realize that even though they're competition, they uh, they run differently in WWE. Dwayne the Gronk Johnson says, seeing as AEW seem to be beating NXT in the ratings on most weeks, is it fair to say that AEW is the more popular product right now? Do you think that the AEW product would have coped if they were competing with the 2018 NXT Gargano Champa storyline? I think it would have been the same thing because at the end of the day, the new product, you know, people are always going for newer, better. So I feel like no matter what, it would still been the same thing. I agree, actually. I think like NXT was like, it was on fire during that period of time because there was a portion of wrestling fans who did not like the WWE main products. They were like, well, this is, this is kind of the wrestling that I want to see. And, you know, we saw that over in like people going nuts for stuff in, uh, in New Japan with the Bullet Club and in Ring of Honor as well. But once those people kind of like fractured off and created their own product, everyone was like, oh, cool. Well, that's actually the product I was after. Like, so unfortunately, I'm going to be leaving NXT behind me because this is the product that, I, that I've been kind of craving for. So I think they still would have gone over even though the Gargan and Champa storyline was so great. I mean, NXT's done some great storyline stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Last year, like really, really great. And it still hasn't drawn those people back. So yeah, I, I would think even with the Gargano Champa storyline, I think AEW still would be in the same position they are now. I agree. Uh, Trevor from Ohio says, um, I believe the Hangman storyline is a metaphor for mental health. Throughout the story, he has gone through self-destructive behavior, shutting out others and trying to make, uh, trying to take on some of the hardest points in, on his, in his life on his own. He always seems to be getting uh, to a better place when he has support from other people like the Dark Order. As someone who's been through a battle with depression, it's something I recognize all too well. I'm a huge advocate for mental health positivity and love how AEW is promoting it on their program. Do you think the two are linked here? Is there any correlations or am I just digging a little too deep? Thanks for all you do. This podcast is one of my weekly highlights, something I always enjoy listening to. I don't think you're reading it into it at all, uh, Trevor, at all. But also, thank you very much for listening. But yeah, no, I, I totally I think that's where they are going with this. I don't know because I feel like I don't know too much about the subject to say like, oh, this is what it reminds me of. But I feel like if that's what it reminds you of, then I guess in a way that's good because it's adding substance to the character. It's adding depth layers to this character. So it's making it much more meaningful to the viewer. So it's connecting to the viewer in this, you know, in this manner. But I don't know if that's something that's being done purposely 
or not. I'm not I'm not sure on that. Yeah, I think you could certainly make the argument that he is he's being self-destructive. Like it's, you know, I mean, we get these hyper chats all the time. There's people who pick up on the like littlest details. And I think those littlest details are put there on the purpose. You know, it's whenever he's turned to drink, that's when he is turned against people you know like he was drinking like he you know that he would seem to be enjoying himself with the dark order but then he's having a drink then the next thing you know he's turning his you know he's turning it off the dark order and not going with them so like i think there's a lot of layers to the hangman storyline which is why i love him as a character because i think there is he's so so complex and i cannot wait to see the next chapter of it and we've got one more question here from alex storm he says, my question is regarding the podcast clips that used to be posted more frequently on what is now known as Russell Talk Podcast, which is formerly Russell 2, formerly Russell Talk Clips. My podcast listenership has declined in the pandemic since I mostly listen to it during my commute to work. I enjoy seeing those one or two clips every day to catch up on the fun bits I miss. I noticed a slowdown over the holidays and figured it was just for that reason. But here we are in February and the podcast and the clips are still very infrequent. Is this the new normal for the channel? He also knows, and congratulations to you, he's going to be going to the Go Home Revolution episode of AEW and Revolution itself. He's booked himself a little Airbnb. So How exciting. Nice. I love That's that. Very, 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 very exciting. So yeah, so uh, the podcast clips, it was, that's what the channel originally started out to be. It was a place for us to put clips um, and then somewhat, some didn't. But essentially what we found was it was people who were watching the main show and then just going over and watching the clips, right? And we did enjoy putting the clips out, but like some would do less than a thousand. Some would do just over a thousand. Some might do really well, but then others would do very, very poor. And it kind of just sort of wasn't working out as a way, but clips are still going to be on the channel. In fact, on Wednesday, we posted up the best of the month, which is now how we're going to be doing this rather than it being like loading up three every day, because that just messes with YouTube's algorithm. And then the YouTube doesn't recommend it. So no one sees it every month at the end of the month or the beginning of the month we're going to be posting up our best of the previous month so there's like a 20 minute video we've just got podcast highlights like all the best stuff from the month so it's got like denise and adam talking about their uh, eating habits uh it's got ollie davis marking out over monster trucks because they go brum brum it's also got like the best of uh Quizzlemania stuff in there as well so like i think the best of package is going to be like it's the the still being able to do the clips but it's a much better way of doing the clips but yeah, we're really, really excited for it. But thank you so much for, for listening regardless. I hope you still, uh, well, you know, maybe we'll get those commutes back soon. Mm. We should ask Ollie for a special section for us where we get oh. all these exclusive clips. <laughs> Dude, I, I think this show is probably, like this is a highlights package in and of itself. Like the whole yeah. episode is the highlights package. <laughs> When I was putting the, the package together, um, uh, someone messaged me, a friend of mine messaged me being like, oh, are you going to send Denise some Marmite? And I was like, I, I was like, I'm not because it comes in a glass jar. And I thought I'm, I'm risking it by sending chocolate, but that probably will not make it. I love the fact that people messaged you about <laughs> it. Like, hey, like this is what you should send or whatever. That's really awesome. Oh, yeah. My wife and I had like, she was like, oh, you should put some of these in. Like when I, because I, I because we're like shopping alone at the moment because of the pandemic, they say you should only be shopping. Like if you can shop singularly, do it. So I just drive over to the shops and do anything. Uh, and my wife said, like, are you going to buy stuff for Denise today? And I said, yeah, I am. And she's like, what are you going to get? And I was like, okay, here is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get these things for sure. And then I'm also just going to look down the aisle and just see if there's anything else. And I might just sort of pick some stuff at random and send them across, which um, like the dolly mixture ended up in that way, as well as those little like drumstick squishy things. Like that's how they ended up in there. Uh, and then she was like, make sure you get this. Make sure you get one of these. Have you thought about getting some of these? I was like, yeah, I did. And then I did that shop and I was like, here's what I've got. 
And we were looking through and like, yeah, this, this is pretty great. And, was, and then she was like, but we need to get, you need to get some of this. And I'm like, I know, but they didn't have it there. So I just went to a different shop. I walked up to my, <laughs> my local spa down the road. And I was like, I'm, I know, spent like 20 minutes in there, just down the aisle, picking out various different bits and bobs, spent those, showed it to, uh, to Kate. And she was like, we've got this, like that's it. Oh, like, that's this so cute. I love that. No, I feel like when I opened, when I saw your box, I was like, holy moly. I was like, this is huge. <laughs> and then I, the second I opened it, I was like, oh my God, there's so much in here. I'm so excited. And I think just like the different flavors of like potato chips, I'm like really waiting like to get into like i'm really upset that i have to wait until tomorrow because it's already midnight and i can't snack right now but i would very much like to get into it right now but it is exciting though because like you just don't know like what the other person is you know what they have in their store and it's pretty fun to like you know just grocery shop for that person oh dude i had so much fun doing it as well and like when i took it down to the post office as i said like it was open because i didn't have any packing tape which is stupid because i've just moved house but we couldn't find the smegging packing tape so i had to go buy some i had to go buy it at the shop that i was sending it from like from the post office i was sending it from oh, so yeah, i literally I walked in with more there i know so i walked in with an like an open box and i was like can i buy some packing tape and then i went over and i wrapped it up and then took it back to him and he put it on the scales and he was like cool it's this much and then he was just like oh it's going to the u.s and i was like yeah and he's like oh clickety 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 click and he was like oh it's over no. two. he's like oh it's over two kilograms now it's going to be more and i was like how much over by two kilograms he said by like like five grams basically like it literally was just over the two kilogram mark no. and like it, it added like an extra 20 quid onto the postage and i was like if i'd have known that i probably would have taken something out so i could have just got it under that two kilogram mark oh my god he should have allowed you to do that at least I because I, I like when we were okay so like when we were okay so me and my fiance like we, we went shopping together for like the stuff that we were gonna send you right and we were like arguing about like what to send because i was like no you should send me to send him that no he's just like he'll like this no he'll like that like we had like a whole like it was like a whole thing like trying to decide what to send right and then after like he was the one that was like don't send chocolate don't send anything that makes too much noise and i was like okay and <laughs> So that's like the basis of what we followed. But even when we got back here and we started packing everything, like things weren't fitting. So I was like, all right, we're gonna have to take things out. Like what is the process of elimination here? So I ended up, I ended up taking out like two little boxes and that was like it. But even then like the packing and the construction, 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 <laughs> construction of it all was a thing. Oh man, I had so much fun uh, doing that. And, I, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed actually everything you've sent over. Like the only thing I didn't like was that push pop cinnamon thing I didn't, the I didn't and because it was a pain in the ass to eat but that was the only one i didn't like i've loved everything else those um the marzipan ones that like the peanut butter marzipan ones um, the marzipan the yellow box yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh dude that's so good right those i are, told you those are my those favorite are, those are great really really great i loved those it was weird because at first it felt like i was eating like powder but like Oh, I do love the taste of peanut butter. So like that was well up my street. Absolutely. Lovely. Yes. That's, that's like, that's a classic right there. Like I could eat those breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> I love those so much. Like, I could have a whole box by myself. So funny story when I was a kid and I used to go to parties, like those family parties, my uncle who would always go to Mexico, he would always come back with boxes, like the big boxes of those. And so he would basically ask me like, Denise, if you sing at the party, if you sing a song, I will pay you in a box of masapanes. 
So I used to sing in Spanish to like all these strangers and people so that I could get my box of masapanas. And then right after, like I would do my little song and then he would take me like to the kitchen and be like, all right, pick your box of masapanas. And he would have a bunch of like Mexican candy because he would get it when he went to Mexico. And I would be like, oh my God, the box. And I would just like walk out with my giant box of masapanas. Oh, I, I, I will, I, I love them. What was the song? Uh, it was, um, oh my gosh. It was, uh, I think it was Tragos de, de Armargo Licor, something like that. It's like a sad like song about a. I think it's about a drunk guy who like loses the love of his life or something like that. Okay. Yeah, and I would sing okay. that song, and then I would also sing Paquita la del Barrio. It was so weird. It's like these. Dude, like, how old were you to be singing this song about this drunk guy? Well, I didn't know like what it was about. I just knew the words, but it was like uh, it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, how it went. Something said. Um, he, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the words here, but I can't right now. Like I always need the beat, but it's this like, you, it's a very passionate, sad song about, I, I think it's about like, yeah, a guy that basically like is drunk and like loses the love of his life or something like that. I particularly love there that you were like, I can't sing it. I need the beat, like your bad bunny or something. And you're just like, no, yeah. I can't do this unless I've got a, unless I've got the beat behind me. But it was like my go-to song, though. So a lot of the relatives would hear me sing that song. But I only knew like part of the song, too. So it wasn't like the whole thing that I would sing. Uh, what have you got plans for the weekends? Yeah, actually. Um, so remember I told you I did like a, a staycation last oh, yeah. two weeks ago or three weeks ago or mm -hmm. something like that? Oh, I'm doing another one this weekend. <laughs> no way. Yes, it was just so, it was just so nice. So this time, so last time I went to Camarillo and it rained. So we were like indoors and obviously we're going to be indoors either way because, you know, the COVID and all of that. But uh, this time we're going to San Diego, which is just, you know, not very far from here. It's less than two hours. So uh, we're going to go there and just chill i got like an entire home so it should be pretty fun and it's just one night only too so it'll oh, be amazing nice. sounds cool oh man i kind of i want to go away but like we're not going to go anytime soon we're locked in this area at the moment we can't go anywhere it sucks it really sucks i know i almost like i almost feel like spoiled that i at least get to have one night away but i was like well i have one night i'm not going Same. anywhere no, dude, I think it's good that you're getting your, your one night away. I'm, I'm just very, very jealous of it. Um, are anyway, you doing like, anything this weekend? Do you know what? we? I don't think we are, really. Like, my wife's got a call with her Galentine's pals um, over the weekend, so I'll probably just do some editing, I guess. I'll just come and sit in my office and just edit. Yeah, they're not going to want you for Galentine's. They, no, they don't need me around for Galentine's. Um, <laughs> I'll go and do, yeah, I'll, I'll go and do some editing. I'll go and do the weekly shop. Like it's, it, there's nothing exciting happening in the Owen household this week, unfortunately, which is a, <laughs> which is a shame. Although it's WandaVision tonight. So at least we can watch WandaVision and then maybe I'll, I'll probably watch all five episodes again tomorrow because I'm loving the show at the moment. So you're going to hate me. I've been getting all the episodes like ahead of time. <sighs> Have you really? Because you're like, you know, because you're an influencer. And yeah, like, but they... I haven't watched any of them. <laughs> They've been coming to my inbox and I'm like, I don't have time. I can't even watch right now. So I got to watch. And then, did you see that they sent me like a bunch of gifts from WandaVision? I, I, did, I didn't know. What'd you get sent? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's somewhere on my Twitter account. I'll have to find it and send it to you. But they sent me like a TV guide, a cup. They sent me, um, oh my God. It was like this whole thing, like a big giant box of gifts of WandaVision. And oh, God, what else man. did they send me? Cups. 
um, coasters, uh, like a TV guide notebook. They sent me, oh, they sent me a spoon, a fork, a straw, a little case. I mean, they sent a bunch of stuff. And you're not even watching the show. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You, I just don't have are time. You interested? Are you interested? No, I am in interested. I just don't have time, like, at all. <laughs> like, at all. Like, the only time I get to watch anything is like, at night. And then I watch, like, two episodes of Frasier and I'm out cold after that. And also, I think you've got to have a point where you need to, like, I, I, I'm not watching something for work. Like, you know, I'm, I'll, if I'm going to do it during my work hours, then I will do. But I, I, outside of that, then, yeah. I, I, I can't do this anymore. I've, I've just got to watch something for me. Oh, and then tomorrow. So get this. Tomorrow, they're sending me food. Like, what? they're sending me food. They're going to send me a meal uh, so that, like, I could help promote, like, a movie that's on Amazon. So I can't wait. <laughs> so you'll you know see what that the meal is? Huh? No, the meal I don't is? know. I mean, they sent me the restaurant name, but I didn't Google it. But they're sending the meal. They are, like, between two and five. And I was like, wee, I get free dinner tomorrow. <laughs> do you know what i mean do you even know what the film is yeah it's called bliss okay i don't know i don't know that one so no Man, so you'll I, see me promote it <laughs> damn like i when i used to be a film critic like uh, i was a freelance film critic for a while and i used to like i used to get sent stuff from pr companies all the time and like it, yes. was, it was it was pretty rad like you know i just get i got a bunch of stuff like a bunch of stuff that i like i don't know what to do with anymore i've got like signed posters for films and stuff and like i, I keep saying to chaos like we should do something with these because i like the films particularly like the guest and the babadook but i'm like and i don't know what to do with them but like once i stopped being a critic and i had to like message all the like my pr contacts being like oh, i'm no longer doing this anymore and they were like oh, okay well, you know this and the other and i was like now i just don't get sent stuff anymore you and see I know what I should have done was just not said that I'm not doing it anymore because I probably still would have been sent the stuff because like the way like PRs just have a list of people and then they're just like, we're just going to send some stuff out. Yeah. And then it's like, even like, I don't know. It's really, it's, 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 it's interesting. Like I do like so much like work for like different work for them. But like, if I skip a project, like I still get sent the stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I'll take it. (laughs) Exactly. It's free stuff. Um, anyway, that is all we've got time for for this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Randy and Pete will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. Then Ollie and I will be back with Raw the following week. Uh, AEW, all that good stuff. Denise and I will be back next uh, next Friday with the magazine show. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing your reviews of products. Um, are you going to be doing it as a Twitter feed or are you just going to uh, do it as one YouTube big video? video. Yeah, I'm going to do it all in one. Oh, It'll amazing. be fun. Cannot wait. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.